Hello everyone and welcome back to the Better Watch Horror Podcast. I'm your host Patrick. And I'm Celeste. And as always we are here to share our love of everything horror. And true crime. Back on our true crime shit today. Whoop whoop. Gruesome. Oh yeah. Just gruesome true crime today. It was worse than I thought. <laughs> mm. Well you pick this because you're like, I'm. A, you're a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and we are talking about Lady Leatherface today. Probably one of the most gruesome Aussie... Uh, true crimes, I almost said horror, that, well, it is horrific. But, yeah, it's one of the more gruesome ones we've covered so far. Like, when we were watching the documentary, we had to keep pausing it because we were like, ooh, I don't feel good. Yeah, I don't feel good. At all. <laughs> like, I was dry reaching. Yeah. But watching it, I'm like, uh. And because it was one murder, it was so in detail, not like the other ones where it's been. Like, a few yeah victims and stuff. Yeah. So, yes, we did watch. Crimes that shocked Australia again. This is season one, episode three. Five. 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 I thought it was three. My bad. It's the <laughs> one after the Port Arthur no, massacre. No. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? No. Oh well, it's after that one anyway. Is the Port Arthur one was episode two? <laughs> I thought it, I five really... comes after two. <laughs> I know I did V Cal and all. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, don't need to belittle me. I didn't. But anyway, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. It it was a lot. Like when I picked it, I just like I googled like top ten like Australian true crimes or something like that, mm. and I was like, "Oh, Lady Leatherface." Patrick murderer. likes Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface done. And then I was like, "Murder cannibal." Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> not all right. No, not far all right. from all right. Because you were sitting there and you told me you because you could see the shock in my face. When I was watching it and you were like, how come you can watch Texas Chainsaw, but this freaks you out? And I'm like, cause Texas Chainsaw is not that real. Like I know Leatherface in that film is based off Ed Gein, mm. but it's weird seeing like police footage mm. of like a real crime. And like, you don't see any body or no, anything like or, that. Well, but what's them, left of a body. <laughs> but them explaining it and seeing the house and inside the house and all that, like that was gross enough. Mm. And the reenactments. Yeah. Always love a reenactment. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, without further ado, shall we begin? Let's do it. Let's do it. So this happened on the 1st of March in 2000. The murderer was Catherine Mary Knight. And this happened in Aberdeen, New South Wales. And I hope I have said that right. <laughs> So Aberdeen was home to many mines and abattoirs being a small country town with how they described it as being its best years are behind them. So basically you get the vibe that it's a run-down town, not many people visit. If you're there, you've pretty much lived there your whole life, like that sort of thing. Yeah, and the victim, John Price, was labelled as a hard-working man. He was also a heavy drinker like most Australians, I'm guessing. <laughs> and the reason, like, the police found him was his boss had called the police and said, hey, he has not rocked up to work today. I'm a bit worried. And the, it was noticed that his ute or his van was uh, 
still parked in his driveway. Yeah. So and it was very unusual because he never missed work or if he did, he at least let them know that he wasn't coming in. And mm. so they were like, something is definitely wrong. Yeah. So the police tried to knock on the door, no answer. So they went around the back and broke in. And one of the police officers described that he could feel a coldness on his left arm as he opened one of the doors. He looked down, noticed blood, thought it was his from breaking into the house, but realised it was John's. Yeah. So John's blood was covered in the whole house. Like the whole house was covered. Yeah. From the living room to the kitchen. And one of the police officers noticed that his skin pelt was hanging in the doorway. Without a head. Without a head. Decapitation. Yeah. Not as fun in real life. No. And then one officer, he noticed like a pot on the stove mm. and he turned to the other police officer and said, I'll, I'll give you one guess where the head is. Yep. And then there was also two plates next to the stove with some meat vegetables. Yeah. And um, they were like, oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is no good. Um, and then they, you know, sort of went to look through the house to see if there was anyone else home or if they could see the rest of this body. Um, and they found a woman um, in one of the bedrooms who was just fully knocked out, unconscious. Yeah, she was on a concoction of pills who, this turns out, it was Catherine. Yeah, and like a shit ton of drugs. Mm. So they sent her off to hospital, but she was under custody straight yeah. away because she is like... The main suspect. The main suspect. Straight away, yeah. So this is where we learn Catherine was in a relationship with John John at the time of this happening. Uh, they were in a five-year relationship and John was just coming out of a divorce and Catherine was in and out of relationships. They were a very social couple, but Catherine was a very violent woman and very, very high-strung. Everything was about revenge and entitlement for her. Yeah. So I think one instance we got was Catherine got John sacked by finding a first aid kit that looked like it came from his workplace. She videotaped it because she videotaped everything. She loved this camera that she owned. Yeah. And she sent it to his management and he got sacked. Yeah. Without them even looking into it. And then I think later on in the episode, they find out it was a... Uh, out-of-date first aid kit that he had taken from work. So it was off-site. Yeah, so because he worked in the mines, so you need Mm. in-date first aid kits for that sort of work. Mm. Like, this woman was so bad to him that John's mates were pleading and begging for him to leave Catherine, but he just wouldn't. Yeah, and even though Catherine got him fired, he still didn't leave Mm. her. And, like, all his friends kind of left him. Because they were like, we don't want to be around her or around you if you're going to be with her because she's just toxic. It got so bad that John had to actually change pubs where he drank. Yeah. Because his mates just didn't want to talk to him. Yeah. Which is really, really sad. It just makes me think, like, what does she give you in return? That's what I just kept saying. I said, it's the power of the cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Because she was getting older. Her looks were fading. Her... Everyone knew that she was this crazy bitch. Yeah. But as you said, it's the power of the cookie that just yeah must have been what it was. <laughs> um, and so after this, he had gone to the police because they were, he was like, I don't know what else I can do. And they said that they, like he would have to get a intervention order out 
mm. to get her to leave his house. Yeah, so that's the crazy thing. thing. It was his house and he had to get an AVO out on her for yeah. him to kick her out. But, but this bitch, <laughs> she got an AVO out on him mm. with no evidence. No. But, you know, everyone always picks the woman's side, you know, and they they turned up to John's house and said, hey, you've got to leave because you're in this vicinity of this woman and this is her address, you need to leave. That's fucking crazy. Crazy. Because, yeah, she claimed that he was abusive towards her and he was like, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. So the Monday before he was killed, his bosses knew something was up and he explained to them what had happened and he feared for his own life. Like even on the same day after work, Price went over to his mate's place across the road with two beers to tell him that if he saw his van outside the front of the house in the morning to the, call the cops because Catherine has done him in. Yeah, because th- there'd been a few times where she'd gone after him with a knife and stuff like that and he literally mm. was like, "I'm she's going to kill me. Like, I'm, I'm dead. All the partners she had, the police explained them as because they interviewed them as well about yeah. her because she wasn't giving straight answers at all, which we will get into. Mm. Um. They explained these men as being like, if she stabbed them, they were the ones to cover it up. Like yeah. they were so scared. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm. I think I shouldn't really laugh at this, but when the call came over the police radio, when they're like, there's been a murder, one of the police officers in the car was like, how do you know it was a murder? And their, his, their response was, oh, well, he's been decapitated. Yeah, we like pissed ourselves when we were watching it because I was like, why question it? <laughs> like, if 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 a police officer says, hey, there's been a murder, why would you be like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, mate. His head's not on his body <laughs> anymore and also his skin is not on his body anymore. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a murder. Yeah. But, like, even if it wasn't, don't question your bloody colleagues, especially as a police officer. Jeez. Mm. And that same police officer, when he got to the crime scene for the first time, he actually checked the skin pelt of John to see if he still had genitals. Yeah. Got to check. So this is where it was being described as the attack was uh, started in the bedroom and made its way to the kitchen. John actually made it to the front door and opened it, but it was a bit too little too late as he had succumbed to his injuries. Yeah. And there was an outline on the carpet in the hallway where like Catherine had skinned him Mm. because there was like a blood sort of stain. And there was also an outline of where she'd, decapitated him and a blood trail leading to the kitchen. Yeah. So she'd carried his head to the kitchen. Now, this is where it gets all kinds of fucked up. Yep. So the police, because they had to get every piece of evidence and, like, it's already horrific enough as it is, Mm -hmm. they find out Catherine had cut off John's ass and cooked the meat into five steaks in the oven. Four were plated up while one of them went to the dog the meals had names to them and it was of John's relatives being described like a trophy that so she was giving them. If she hadn't gotten caught, mm. she was going to invite his family over and give them this meal and then be like, oh, hey, by the way, that's his ass. Mm. Well, I don't think she would have told him. 100% she would have. Mm. She would want the satisfaction. She's like that type of person where she wants Yeah. that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I know. So it took five days for the police to finally interview Catherine and 
as I said, Catherine doesn't really give anything away in the interview, but does fully admit to killing John. Catherine, the night before, set up her camera and was basically showing off her sense of entitlement. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So the night of the strike, they had watched Star Trek, then had sex, and John went to, like, go to the toilet, and as he went to bed, that's where Catherine would strike. And, yeah, she's just never fully been honest. She always blames John as, like, she killed him in self-defense. But he was not a violent person. No, he wasn't. Like... They would have arguments and they were of the, like, harsher language, like I am most (laughs) of the time when I drop... Aggressive. F-bombs, left, (laughs) right and centre, but, like, they were harsher than what I would be. Yeah. And, like, they'd have fights in public. Yeah, you just don't do that. No, not at all. And so they also found in the bathroom um, some black lingerie Mm. that had some sperm on it. And some samples under her fingernails were taken as well. And so then they think that she had a shower, changed her clothes, and she stole his wallet, taken her car out, went to the ATM and got two lots of $500 out. Yeah. And then went back home and took the pills and went to sleep. Yeah. So now this is where we get to the exes being interviewed because – Catherine wasn't the brightest spark and her conversation skills weren't the best, but she just had this power of a man that kept them going back to her. Power of the cookie. Power of the cookie. Power of the cookie. And yeah, like every one of these exes had a stab wound somewhere. Mm. Like scissors, knives, pencils, like the randomest shit. She also had some kids with some of these partners. And I just want to tell you about this first one. So the first partner, Callet, knew the only way to get out of the relationship was to run away from Catherine. And in her response, she put their firstborn child on the railway tracks where all the coal trains would run through. Yeah. That is... No. No. You don't do that. No. No. It just blows my mind. Like... Especially when we get to it, she wasn't an insane woman. She was fucking completely sane. Which is the problem. Mm. Um. But, yeah, so they sent her to a psychiatric ward um, yeah. to get her, like, tested and all that sort of stuff because she fully 100% believed that they were always cheating on her or didn't spend enough time with her. So that's why she'd stab them. Mm. And it wasn't just humans. Another one of her exes, David, in response to believing these things, she went out and slit his dog's throat. Yeah. And the way she explains it in the... um. Interview is like, oh yeah, no, it was a, they say it was like a clean cut. I, was like, I hugged Lotus after. Yeah, it. we were like, don't listen, don't look, <laughs> cover your eyes, child. <laughs> but like, she was just that crazy, mm. and and it would be a thing of they're not spending time with me because they're at work. Like, yeah. it wasn't even anything like they were hanging out with their friends too much or whatever. Like, they were literally at work, and she's like, they should be spending time with me. Yep. What the heck? Crazy bitch. Crazy bitch. She actually ended up leaving one of her exes, John Chillingworth. He was actually an an ex-co-worker from the abattoir she worked at. But as we said, because her looks were fading and every man in Aberdeen and Hunter's Valley knew what she was doing, they were catching on to her and she didn't have many other options. Yeah, because everyone who hadn't already dated her had friends that dated her and were like, we're not going near that crazy one. Mm. 
So Catherine worked at this local abattoir for years, first starting as a general labourer in 1971, then moving on to the offal and boning room shortly after. There was, I had to write this uh, quote down. One of the police said she loved to nick arteries in the abattoir and scrape the marrow out. Disgusting. Mm. Gross. It's just, it's vile. It's just fucking vile. And they think that her time in the boning room gave her the tools and the skill to be able to skin Mm. John. So when police finally went to check out Catherine's house, they noticed a lot of disturbing and graphic films that she had rented on VHS. Again, another fucking true crime being blamed on horror films. It's not being blamed. But they just noticed that her taste in movies was a bit on the edgier side. Yeah. And she also had a variety of stuffed animals. Not like little stuffed toys, like actual animals, Mm. taxidermied, stuffed. Mm. So even her family was saying comments against her to the police. Like the writing was on the walls. It was like right there in front of them. Yeah. So after one year of Price's death, his family and friends had to go face her in court. Uh, She first pleaded not guilty, but then did a complete U-turn and pleaded guilty, which led the judge to get a full evaluation on her. And this is where three psychiatrists labelled her with a personality disorder, which is not a mental illness, but she was also a completely sane woman. Yeah. she. They were just like, oh, she's just a normal woman, but mm. uh, she's just got some issues. Like this woman, she would make scenes in the courtroom. There was talks of her rocking back and forth, wailing, so she could manipulate the jury into hearing what she wanted to hear. Yeah. But they weren't buying her bullshit. Thank God. So... The thing is, Catherine Mary Knight was the first ever woman in Australia to be sentenced to life with no chance of parole. She never showed any signs of remorse or acknowledged any of the problems she had, and she lost an appeal of her sentencing and still takes with her to prison many secrets of what really happened that night. Like, they still don't know what she did with the money or any of the reasons why she took the money. Or the rest of his body. No, they don't know where it is. Like, they just guess that the head was in the pot. Yeah. But they don't really know. Family and friends of Price were cheering outside the courtroom and the police said, like, to them that they had done a very good job. Yeah. Like, justice was served. Yeah. And this crime was so shocking that the judge who sentenced her said he went off meat for about three months and meat just made him think of that house. Yeah. So, like, you can just imagine the police officers mm. and how they had to cope. Like, this was just the judge. Yeah. It's getting... Oh, it's true crime and I'll never, <laughs> never, never, ever understand. But this is just... This that, is next level. That what It is next level. Like, who skins a person? Yeah. And, like, hangs it as a fucking trophy. Yeah. Like, who you knows? don't do that. <laughs> yeah. She had a lot of issues. Mm. Yeah, cool. Wasn't fun to learn about. Was not fun <laughs> to talk about again. Mm-mm. Why are some Australians just fucked up? <laughs> I can't tell you. I wish I could. Like, what's... Oh, I can't even say what's been worse. But, like, <laughs> what do you reckon was the next worst below this? Because this is obviously number one worst thing that's ever happened. But from what we've covered, what would you put at number two? Technically half covered, but, like, the Ivan Malat stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say Snowtown. That was, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah. I, uh, I, I feel like they're all just messed up in their own ways. Mm. 
But I mean, like, with the Port Arthur massacre, at least he was, like, an insane person. Like, which still doesn't mean, like, do <laughs> that. But at least they they knew something wasn't right with him. Yeah. Whereas in Catherine's case, she's a fucking sane woman. Yeah. And she's just batshit crazy. Yeah. As a person. Like, that's just... Why? Oh, it's the skin pelt for me. Yeah. I th- and, and, like, the decapitation... And then, like, cooking him. Yeah. Yeah, it is very Texas Chainsaw-esque. Wouldn't know how I was actually <laughs> surprised that that wasn't the VHS they pulled up in her house. <laughs> it was something else. I, I, don't, I don't really know what film it was. It was pretty blurry, but the, I think that's what you get for being in the 2000s. <laughs> but, yeah, I see why she got the name Le- Lady Leatherface. Yeah. Oh, just, shit is crazy, and I... Sometimes I fucking hate this world. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, it's fair. Ah, oh, well, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm dead inside. Ah, <laughs> oh, just, I'm dead inside. Thank yeah. God the next podcast is a movie. <laughs> and I can talk about fake shit. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. But we're not doing a podcast next. We're doing a boo-boo redo. And I'm not going to tell you. Ha <laughs> ha. Because the clues will come out soon. They will come out soon or maybe a fun little reveal of what we're going to do. But I'm pretty excited for this one. I hear with the movie we're going to cover. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give you a clue now. You can have an early clue. The original, it's going to be one of the earliest films we've ever covered so far. Okay. And it is the first horror film that isn't rated M like it is PG for us. Yeah, and the remake. I'm I'm only excited to watch the remake because my favorite My Chemical Romance songs at the end. Well, everyone's gonna know what it is now. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm still gonna reveal it anyway. Okay. You can have your guesses. Okay. You can have your guesses. Yeah, you're just gonna go on Google. What's My Chemical Romance song finishes that what horror movie? And then it's like, oh well, they're doing that. Okay. But I hear a lot of people actually like the remake. Okay. So. I'm kind of excited, but I'm also scared at the same time. <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like I'll enjoy it, because I'm one to enjoy a pretty shitty remake. To be honest, I didn't even know there was an original. No, neither did I. The remake was the original, so. Yeah, the more you know. Oh, well, that's been us. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Better Watch Horror Pod. Uh, TikTok, BWH Pod, Twitter, X. Whatever it is, <laughs> I will never know what to call it now. Uh, that is official BWH pod. And obviously our Patreon and YouTube is Better Watch Horror. I was about to say pod, but it's not. It's just Better <laughs> Watch Horror. And I guess we will see you for the next one. <laughs>